On this week's episode of Twip Weddings, Jason Group, the Director of Wedding and Portrait Professionals International, joins us to talk about the 2015 WPPI Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. Plus, our panel of experts share their strategies for maximizing your value when attending a conference or workshop. Well, welcome back to episode number three of Twip Pro Weddings. Uh, once again, I'm Bruce Clark, and I am once again joined in the co-host chair by the fabulous Mr. Robert Evans and Mr. Brian Caparici. And this week, we, we've we got our bow ties on because we have yes. the man of a thousand bow ties joining us, <laughs> Mr. Jason Group. Welcome, guys. What's everybody mm. been up to? Welcome. Morning, morning. Morning. Well, let's start with Jason. Jason, what have you been up to? Oh, it's been uh, a, a little busy here in the uh, in Santa's workshop. <laughs> uh, getting ready for WPPI 2015. It's all hands on deck. Once we get through Photo Plus in New York, uh, it's all hands on deck for WPPI in February, late February. Awesome, and that's going to be the that's going to be our topic today. We're going to be talking about WPPI and conferences and getting the most out of conferences. So we're really happy to have you on the show, Jason. This is going to be an exciting show, and we're going to really get into dig into some some. We're going to grill you, get some all the information, get all the poop and the scoop out of you. So. Thank you, and, and thanks for having me. I'm I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Awesome, Robert, Mr. Robert Evans, what's up in your world? I've just been enjoying some nice time at home, uh, not traveling this much. Uh, so just doing the basic things that photographers do right before the holidays, dealing with the crazy clients and, uh, <laughs> pushing, getting albums out the door and, um, and just got a really nice, uh, 12 album album order. So I'll take that. Nice. Well, I didn't just get it. I'm getting ready to deliver it, but just doing those things, you know, emails and catch up and a little holiday marketing and prepping for booking season and just enjoying being home with the family. Right on. Excellent. There's nothing better than that feeling of delivering those big orders right before the holidays. <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. I've got a stack of them sitting next to me here that I got to get out to the out the door to clients too. So, and Mr. Brian Caparici coming to us this week all the way from sunny Florida. Woohoo! Yes, I'm on uh, vacation right now. And uh, for those of you that can see the video, I've brought my entire mic set up. And you should see my little, like, huh. podcast studio here in, like, the little – I think this is actually, like, a makeup nook in the bedroom that I'm in. <laughs> but I've sort of taken up the, the makeup uh, counter with my podcast setup. And my laptop is actually resting on my daughter's building blocks to get it up higher. So you should see my <laughs> portal setup. It's awesome. <laughs> you need to do a behind-the-scenes yeah, I totally should. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's me. You know, it's uh, we're we're getting into Christmas season. I've actually got um, I hired an employee about a month and a half ago, and she's now transitioning into full time at the studio, and so she's there managing things and keeping things going. And I was able to take ten days away with the family, so it's uh, wow. it's a it's a nice little uh, trip away. Ten days, nice. yeah. Nice. That's like that's like three weeks in American standard, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or Europe standard. <laughs> it's good. good. I, I feel like leading up to the vacation, I, I was uh, mm. I was in New York twice, but it just seemed like it was this whirlwind from Photo Plus Expo, and then I was there for Fuji the week after that, and so it sort of it was a much needed vac- vacation, that's for sure. Right on. Well, hey, we appreciate the de- the dedication <clears throat> to Twip Pro <throat> Weddings. Yes, Bruce. What about you? Well, if you can tell, my voice is a little raspy. Uh, I just got back. I, I primed the pumps in Vegas for you guys <laughs> in preparation for WPPI. So I just got back from, from about five days in Vegas, um, just socializing. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I know a really good buddy of mine who I met 
on a workshop in Italy that I went to with Kevin Kubota uh, a number of years ago. We met this we met this our crazy travel group that we met there, and uh, all photographers with a wine problem, um, and just really hit it off. And uh, he had a fiftieth birthday, so his wife organized a surprise party for him. And so nice. we flew down to Vegas and, and uh, surprised him for his fiftieth and hung out. Nice. And, Cool. You have to go to WPPI a few years, uh, and then you go to Vegas. I don't know, Robert, if you've experienced this. You go to Vegas when it's not WPPI. It actually feels weird to be. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel it feels weird. You know, where's all the people I know? Yeah, where's all the people? Exactly. <laughs> but don't worry. I left a bit of alcohol. There'll still be some there for, for February, March. <laughs> Thank you. Don't worry. Thank you for that. I tried to clear it out, but... <laughs> Awesome. Well, before we get into our main discussion this week, which is going to be talking about WPPI and, and the conferences coming up, is I want to cover our usual regular segments. Um, and first is our, our picks of the week. And uh, Jason, maybe we, we surprised you with this one. Uh, if you have, if you don't have a pick, it's, there's no problem. Uh, but each week we try to we try to pick something that would benefit um, other wedding photographers to check out. Um, it can be anything, you know, as long as it's somehow related to photography or the business of photography. Um, where we can, we try to make a pick that relates to the topic we're going to talk about. So I know we kind of sprung it on you, so I'll give you a few minutes to think about a pick, but maybe I'll okay. uh, I'll throw it over to Robert. Have you got a pick for us this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to think uh, what my pick would be since you know we don't have to, but trying to relate the pick to the topic of each week. And since we were talking about WPPI, and one of the things that I always think of, <clears throat> of going to Las Vegas is um, you know all the kind of uh, shoots that people do out there and I've done it myself and gone out to the, the desert and the flats and done some shoots out there. So that's kind of like a fun thing to do when you're out there is go do your own, maybe little personal shoot and project. So my pick of the week is actually an app. Um, and it's called the magic hour app mm-hmm. and, uh, it's a really cool app and it basically tells you, you know, no matter where you are, it kind of works like off the compass and tells you when sunrise and sunset is and, you know, what the optimal magic hour light would be um i believe it's free um i couldn't figure out how to do that i downloaded it so it's on my phone i'm like did i pay for this i don't remember (laughs) you can't go back and look if you own it so anyway i think it is free and was free um but it's great little tool for photographers you always know when you have the great light nice excellent it's a good app i i i know that app too it's a good one all right so that was a that's a that's a great pick robert how about uh, how about brian what have you got for listeners this week i have two picks of the week is that against the rules no no, that's fine okay good yes okay it's actually two ends of the spectrum number one i'm holding it here in my hand and i just got it because i had it shipped down here to florida it's a pen i'm totally a pen junkie and this pen is called (laughs) the pilot high-tech c they're made in japan i believe and it's a uh, gel ink pen it's got what's called a needle point and it's 0.3 millimeters. Uh, so it's like super fine. So for writing, it's really precise. There's no bleed. It's a great pen. And the reason I'm saying this for WPPI is because I actually think it's important. I mean, you know, we love technology and we use iPads and all these things. And that's actually my next pick. But I think there's a lot of merit in actually writing things down. And I think that we take, uh, we take education in so much better when we're actually making notes. And so I would suggest to the listener that, you know, if you go to WPPI, which you should be going, bring a notebook, bring uh, a moleskin journal, bring something that you can actually write in and get one of these pens and write in it because you're going to love writing with it because it's such a cool pen. 
Nice. So that's that's my first suggestion. If you want to buy it online, you actually can't buy these in stores. Um, the website you can buy them on is <laughs> that's how exclusive they are. This is like a Seinfeld episode with the space pen. <laughs> and they're actually not even expensive. They're like three dollars, so they're not expensive. They're just like they're hard to find. Um, it's penaddict.com, and you can find them over there. Pen but penaddict.com. And my next pick of the week, um, I actually recently, the other end of the spectrum, I recently got the iPad Air 2, and I'm upgrading from the original iPad Mini, and this this thing is amazing. It's like the, the screen quality is great. It's so much faster than the iPad Mini, and the specific pick of the week that I'm going to suggest is what I just picked up yesterday, which is this right here, which is the Logitech Keys to Go uh, keyboard and it's actually like waterproof spill proof so you don't have to worry about you know it getting dirty or anything like that you just wipe it down with a cloth and it's wireless so you don't have to have it attached to your ipad so i've been typing on it i've been writing articles with the ipad in the corner and this just sitting on my lap and typing on it so it's kind of like having a laptop but it's even better because the keyboard is separated very cool so those are both of my picks of the week excellent picks excellent picks. yes bruce nice. what about you well, mine's a uh, mine's also an iPhone app, and uh, this is one that I use a lot when I travel. And so, obviously, if you're going to WPPI, you're probably traveling, unless you happen to be lucky enough to live in Las Vegas or unlucky enough to live in Las Vegas. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> how you feel about that, but um, I use an app called TripIt, and it's a travel planning app. Uh, it's really great. It allows you to organize all your all your tickets, all your hotel confirmations as well as any other event. So if you book shows or book, you know, just book anything, you can put it all into TripIt. Um, and it works really well. If you get um, your airline confirmations, uh, you can just email it. So you get a special email address. You can email it to yourself at, you know, at TripIt. And then it files it and records it and puts it all in and gets all the time. If they have a free app and then they have a pro app as well that I think is $1.99 or something like that, um, <clears throat> with the pro app, it can keep track of your flights uh, let you know if they're going to be delay, you know, delayed or late or canceled or anything like that. Um, and I think there's a bunch of other little things that the the pro app does that the free one doesn't do. But um, you can definitely check out the check out the free app, and if you like it, you know, you know, pay the buck ninety nine and get the get the paid app. So it's really good it's for any kind of travel that you're doing and planning and organizing stuff. I think you know, and that's one of the things when you're going to a conference. I think being organized and planning ahead and, and taking that time up front can also help you get the most out of it. So obviously, you know. That starts with planning your trip and organizing your trip. So trip we need our we need our own app, and we could call it Twip It, Ooh. and then it organizes all your Twip podcasts that you want to listen to. Ooh, it's just that I idea like that. I just came up with. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Excellent. So now, Jason, have we given you enough time for a pick? <laughs> well, I, when you first said pick, I thought you meant picture. Uh-oh. So I didn't mean I didn't pick. But I, you know what? I have a pick that I think everyone should think about is. A good backpack. Ah. Everybody should have a good backpack. And I noticed I love the in-case backpacks. Mm. And the reason I like them is they're really well built. And they just, they, this time of year is the time to buy their back, their, their cases because they usually run like 50% off sale. So I just bought that same backpack because it was starting to show some wear for 50% off. So for $100, I bought that backpack. And that thing goes, that thing's traveled the world with me. So what was the name of the company again? In case, I-N-C-A-S-E, yeah. Cool. And taking a thing off of what Brian was saying, of, you know, writing with a pen is not something we do very often. So someone had just given me a nice 
Pen. Oh, nice. And nice. I write with this all the time, and it makes you feel special when you're writing <laughs> with it. So I definitely can, can uh, agree with that, with a good pen. Awesome. awesome. There's, there's something special about actually just, just as a side tangent, you know, something nice about actually just writing it down, right, and seeing it like literally and physically materialize in front of you. I just, I, I feel like it's like a lost art these days, it seems. When I write with a pen, I feel like a doctor. <laughs> I like. I look down at the pad. paper and I'm like, "What does that say?" <laughs> I'm the same way. My writing, my handwriting is so horrible; it's deteriorated to the point where I, yeah, I can't recognize it at all. Awesome, great picks, guys. And again, we'll have uh, links to all of our all of the picks uh, that we made this week in the show notes uh, for this episode, so you can head on over there and check it out. All right, next up is our listener question segment, and each week uh, we choose a, a listener question to answer on the show, and now we haven't launched the show officially yet, we're kind of pre-recording some of these before we launch them, so I kind of, I found a question online that I thought would be a really good question to, to answer, um, I'm sure probably all of us have maybe dealt with this, um, hopefully we haven't had to deal with this, but maybe we have, and uh, this question uh, was from a lady named Maddie. And her question was, has anyone ever had a second photographer not show up at all to a wedding? And if that happens, how do you deal with it on the client side? Do you offer a partial refund? How does this need to be worded in a contract? So she's got, obviously she hired a second shooter and the second shooter no showed on her, which is never no bueno, but how, how would you handle it? Uh, let's let's start with Jason since we got Jason on the show this week. What uh, a have you ever encountered it or heard of that kind of a situation? Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I have had uh, second shooters uh, bail on me last minute, um, but I've always been able to replace that shooter. You know, last minute. Um, unfortunately, I've been very lucky with the people that I've worked with that, you know, kind of acted like professionals and, and, uh, you know, I, what I try and do is not get too far in, in, you know, I mean, I've always worked with my studio manager has always been my second shooter. Um, and, you know, unless they were very friendly with my client, um, they really wouldn't know who the second shooter was. So, I guess I've been very fortunate in that sense. Uh, I don't usually spend a lot of time talking about the second shooter. So um, I, I think it's important that you you make any and all efforts to have a second person there with you, regardless, you know, if they're expecting a second shooter, you know, a body should be there. Uh, I don't know about the refund part. I mean, you know, things happen. And uh, I think that's one of those things that you kind of kind of feel the client out and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I suppose they could make a big stink about it, but, uh, you know, on the wedding day, you know, I think keeping uh, things as positive as possible is always the way, way to go. So, you know, get somebody there, even if it, the person shows up later in the day than they said they were going to be there. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, you apologize. Good advice. Good advice. Robert, how about you? What would your well, advice be? Well, I have had this bad? happen to me once in my career and it was uh not because my second shooter was uh a flake it was a very reliable person that got very sick and um i agree with what jason said you kind of don't make a big deal about it but i didn't even have time to replace that person because it was like that morning 
And of course, I started my career shooting weddings by myself, so I know how to do it. I'm a big boy. Um, and I just went out and did it. And interestingly enough, and, and uh, I'll get, we'll have to put this image up, but I have a, a great story that came out of it. I was working at this private estate in uh, L.A., and there was this beautiful shot um, where if you stood at the house and looked down onto the ceremony area, there was a giant oak tree, and you could look through the oak tree and see the ceremony, and you see the end of the aisle and lead up to it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I need this shot of the bride walking down the aisle. And of course, here I am on the one day in my life where I don't have a second shooter. So I think here's the situation. It's like, how did, you know, I was like so determined. And I think attitude is everything. And it was like, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to make this work? I have to have this shot, but I have to be at the front of the aisle. And I'm normally the one that stays at the back of the aisle and shoots behind the scenes. And my second shooter shoot everybody come down the aisle. And so I talked the videographer in to putting his second shooter up there. I showed him the shot. I was excited about it. I sold it and I put him up there and I was like, and so then I set up my other camera on a tripod and wide angle lens framed my shot. And then I said to the videographer, I said, Hey, when she gets to the top of the aisle, will you just reach over and click off a few shots on my camera? Yeah, no problem. And so I have this amazing picture of the bride at the top of the aisle walking down. It's like a beautiful setting. And I still got the other shot. Um, as far as the situation of, of dealing with the client, the client never noticed anything uh, or said anything to me. Um, when Jason was talking, a couple of things that I think we need to think about is there are some photographers that actually say, you know, sell a second shooter and charge for that. I don't. I just include it. So we have to think about that. So that would be a big variable. Um, and again, I don't know how you deal with that situation. I think, you know, you, you fly below the radar as much as you can. Yeah. And I think... In a very last-ditch effort, um, if you were really worried about it, find somebody, anybody, even if they're not a photographer, bring them to the wedding with you, put a camera in their hand, and let them shoot. You may not use anything that they do, but you've, the client, like Jason said, is never probably going to notice the difference. Um, you know, So you're going to have to work a little bit extra hard that day, but... Um, I think there's always a way and, you know, of course there's plenty of able and might even be a good point to think about is like, you know, we always have a backup second shooter, you know, just for that reason. Think about somebody that, you know, Hey, could you be on call today? Or, you know, just in case, you know, it's 99.9% that you will not work, but you know, something to think about. I mean, I don't know how else we deal with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, you know, our contract should, you know, kind of have something where I think they call it the God clause in there, you know? Right. Yeah. So we, so what, Brian, you're the business guy. Why don't you address the contract part of it? Cause I didn't. Yeah. So I think a couple of things, first of all, um, a disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. And so any advice <laughs> cannot be held against. Oh, this. come uh, on. But no, 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 no. But <laughs> what I, what I would suggest is, um, the way that I word those things in my contract, um, I actually don't require having a second shooter, uh, at my weddings. And so I don't have anything in the contract about that. I just have it as a discussion point with my client saying that I have an assistant who will also take some photos. Um, but that's just a verbal discussion that I have with my client and not necessarily something that I draw into the contract. Um, if in the case that it is drawn into the contract, you have to treat it as such. And it's like, if you were sick for the wedding, like, you know, you would do everything in your best power to find a replacement for yourself. And that's because you have a contract with the couple and an obligation to the couple. And I think that if you're having a second shooter there and you're promising that to the couple, I really think that you should be holding yourself to the same standard um, that you'd be holding yourself to if you weren't able to make the wedding. Absolutely. And so there's a couple of things with that. Number one, 
I think there's a lot that we can do to avoid this kind of situation. I think um, it's, first of all, the one thing that you shouldn't do is go to Facebook and make a post saying, help, I need a second (laughs) shooter. My shooter canceled on me last minute because like that's the worst thing. I see that all the time and it's like that is so unprofessional. But so I would definitely say don't do that. But I think that there's a lot of merit and value in if if you're going to offer a second shooter and put the importance in having a second shooter as something is as crucial as having it in your contract, then you should be having a consistent second shooter. It should be someone that you trust, that you know, that you have all the time. You're not just pulling from a pool of random photographers that are free that day. And so I think when you have that kind of relationship with a second shooter, then you're you're less likely to run into this kind of situation. I understand that, you know, things will always happen. Like Robert, what you talked about, you know, something happens. Um, but if it's someone that that you trust, that you know that you like, that's sort of part of your business, then they're gonna be they're gonna be more reliable to you and they're gonna be more accountable to you. And so I think that there's things like that that we can do um to avoid that kind of situation in the first place. But I really do think that even if you've taken all the measures and you've done everything right and something still happens, I agree with Jason in that like don't make a big deal about this on the wedding day. Like, you know, we talked about this in the last episode with the DJ, with the the photographer at the wedding and stuff. The last thing you should do is make a big deal about things to your bride. Like I, I, I would be as discreet about it as possible. At the same time, I don't think it's something that should be ignored because what happens if the client's not happy with their photos and all of a sudden they use that as ammunition? And they're like, well, you didn't have a second shooter at our wedding like you promised us. And so it's like that could snowball into a bad situation as well. So again, if all these things happened, I would still try and scramble to get somebody there to help, even if it's just assisting, just having somebody there so that they can't hold that over you. But again, right. that's that's contractually speaking. I don't know how that would be set up. I'd consult a lawyer on that one. Yeah, you know, adding to that, I know that I belong to, although I haven't been on them frequently, is, you know, you could start a Facebook group, you know, emergency mm-hmm. emergency shooters. That's a private group so that when you yeah. do have somebody totally. in. And I, I know that I've helped out some other photographers over the years. So karma is a boomerang, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, well and, and, and actually, that's a really good point. Uh, I mean, Personally, I'm I'm the chair of our branch of uh, professional photographers of Canada, and that's one of the biggest. Um, not I wouldn't say benefit because it's not like it's this intrinsic thing that you get, right? But it's it's uh, you know by having a community of photographers that you have good relationships with. Like this is one of the biggest reasons why we should be networking locally and we should be having friends that are photographers locally. Because if something like this happens, I've done it for some of our members. A member would call me on a Saturday morning and say something happened and my second shooter didn't show up or I'm sick or whatever. And I'll put out some calls because I have a relationship with that photographer and I sort of have their back because of that. And so if, if you've made an effort to be friendly in your local market and to build relationships and to network and even to get involved with associations like PPOC or PPA or WPPI or any of these things where you can have a local physical community of photographers in your area, I think that's only for everyone's benefit. Agreed. Yeah, we had, um, I mean, my wife's, my, our second shooter, so we're a husband-wife team. My wife's second shoots with me. And, um, you know, we ran into that this year. You know, she was, uh, she was diagnosed right in the middle of wedding season. She was diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Oh. Smack dab in the middle of, of wedding season. And now, fortunately, just <clears throat> the way treatments and everything landed, she was able to, to cover, you know, and work through most of the season. But there was about three or four weddings where she just wasn't, you know, she just wasn't up to it. And it was such a great help having friends, you know, that I could knew that I could rely on. Um, it took a bit of doing because it was, you know, right in the middle of busy season. A lot of the, 
you know, other photographers had their own weddings booked already. So, but it was great. You know, I have a good network of, of photography friends here where I live and they were able to, you know, step in and, and second shoot. Uh, you know, we could have a whole episode probably just talking about finding good <clears throat> second shooters and how you use your second shooters and that. But, um, I know it was, it was a big asset is just networking and getting to know other mm-hmm. photographers, right? Because yeah, it happens, you know, so. Right. Can I actually interject with with one more thought about that? And it's not yep. not that I want to get onto the the rant of pricing because I don't want to go there too too much. But a lot of photographers that you know, like I'm I'm the same way. My wife comes with me to all my weddings, and so a lot of the times, photographers that are in that kind of situation, they don't factor in the price for that other person in in their packages for their clients because it's you know my wife doesn't charge me for her time on that right in other ways, but you know. Um, <laughs> You're so, well, yeah, you're always going to pay, but <laughs> it's the idea of what happens if, if that happens or even like Bruce in your situation where your wife can't come and all of a sudden now you've got to hire a second shooter to come that you're then paying because of that. And so I, I, I do think that even if you are in the situation where you've got someone sort of internal or a family member or a friend or whatever that's there with you to the weddings, I think that we should still be leaving a bit of, um, room in the budget or room in the price that we charge our clients to pay for that kind of thing. Cause in that kind of emergency, otherwise where's that 500 bucks coming from? It's going to come out of your pocket, out of your bottom line. And so I think if we're making room for that in our prices, which we should be, um, then it'll, it'll open up that much more opportunity because there's, there's, there's a big difference in flocking to like a Facebook group or making a phone call or whatever, and trying to get someone to come out and shoot it for free versus saying, Hey, I've got, I've got a budget of $500 for my second shooter who's available to, to second shoot for the wedding on Saturday. Big difference in that. And so I think the latter will, you'll have much more success with that situation. And quickly just addressing the contract issue, we can move on, but mm. um, you could leave it out of the contract. I think you mentioned that, Brian, and then just specifically yep. how I do it. I have what I call Robert Evans Studios signature service, which you get with every package that includes you know, up to 10 hours, two photographers, you know, that's how, but there's nothing in my contract that Mm -hmm. makes me contractually, you know, so if I were to be taken to court, you know, yes, it's in my signature service, but, you know, and again, under the circumstances, you know, Jane got sick that day and I was just, I was between a rock and a hard place. I don't think a judge or someone's going to like, you know, stick it to you. Well, and so if you wanted to do that, actually a really good way and not around that because it's not about that but it's just to to cover your butt is you could have second shooter slash assistant and then in brackets when needed and so that way you could just say listen i made the decision that i didn't need to have a second shooter that day because there wasn't enough people or it was a small enough wedding or whatever the situation was and that way you've just got your butt covered in that kind of situation right awesome all great suggestions and uh, i think there's some good fodder in there for a future show on all about seconds and assistance and working with assistance. All right. So let's, um, we're going to really dig into the, to the, to the meaty topic today. And, um, it's just really, uh, you know, we've got Jason here, so we want to really take this opportunity to, you know, sort of grill him and find out about, you know, what is WPPI and all that good stuff. So, you know, those who maybe aren't familiar with, with Jason, come on, everybody's got to know who Jason is, right? He's a man of a thousand bow ties. But for those, for those who aren't, um, Jason, maybe just give us the brief um, brief introduction of kind of who you are and what got you to the point where you are today. It's like a Talking Heads fitness song. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I was uh, a wedding photographer for the last twenty five years. Uh, I'm not doing a ton of shooting these days, although I uh, it's it's funny. I've been 
trying to find some ways to get back into doing a little more shooting because I'm really missing it recently. Um, after taking a year off after 25 years doesn't really seem like anything. Then a couple years out now, I'm kind of like a, that, that creative outlet is something that I've been looking for. So, but I, I've been a wedding photographer for the last 25 years, have my own studio in Chelsea in, in New York City uh, for the last 15 years, um, shooting out as my own studio. Um, I went to college for photography and uh, uh, played around in the commercial world for a little while and then moved over weddings full-time 15 years ago. Um, there was an opportunity uh, to fill a position here at WPPI, um, and it's kind of, that's a long story how that happened, but uh, uh, let's just say conversations happened and I just happened to be part of the conversations and they said, well, why don't you just come work for us? And that's really, in a, in a nutshell, how it happened. So it's been just about two years now, and I'll be coming up on my third WPPI, I can't believe it, uh, this February. Wow. So for the uninitiated who aren't familiar with WPPI, just give us a broad stroke. So what is WPPI? And w, uh, Sure, WPPI stands for Wedding and Portrait Photographers International. Uh, this February will be its 35th WPPI. Wow. Um, and uh, one of the funny things that I like to flip through now and again is these old, and Robert, you'll love this, some old show guides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my gosh. This one is one of my favorites uh, from Caesar's Palace that I got. Like Every now and again, I come across um, some of these, and this one's from, actually, I don't even know what year this is. Um, but, well, Wedding Photographers, it used to be Wedding Photographers International. Uh, WPI. And then it became Wedding and Portrait Photographers International. And, uh, you know, uh, WPPI was created uh, as a way to, um, specifically for wedding photographers, and then also as a home for not not only the full-time wedding photographer, but the, the photographer who well, they called it the Weekend Warriors. So it's it's about creating a place where there's education for wedding photographers and, and portrait photographers and, and a specific place where they can come in and get education. Because a lot of the people that come um, don't necessarily go to art school for photography or don't have the, uh, the, the background and the training that um, some other people have. So it's just a, you know, a great place for... Um, for people to uh, get educated in wedding and portrait photography. And it's the most fun conference on the planet. And I say that unequivocally. Is that the word? It's the most fun week. We call it the best week of your life because you come there and you, you know, I came to my first PPI over 10 years ago. And I think if you come, making... Making your first trip to WPPI is always a really big decision. Like, oh my God, mm. come, I'm going to buy that airplane ticket. And, you know, making that jump that first time and saying to yourself, I'm going to go and just check this out. Cause, but you come, you make the, some of the best friends, some of my best friends in the world uh, I've made at WPPI. Um, people come and they meet their spouses there. And it's just a really, really fun week and something that I've enjoyed every week, every year, so much that uh, I'm not working for them. <laughs> so, but it's been, it's been an interesting transition for me going from photographer, and I've talked about this before, um, interesting transition going from my studio working for myself to working in an office space and, and kind of working in that atmosphere. But it's been, uh, it's been great. 
Awesome. So, you say that you say find your spouse there, Jason. So just as a funny story, like I, I told you, or those that don't know, I've been going to WPPI for probably 25 years, 24 years. I don't remember the very first one I went to. But back then, unlike those brochures, it was about 5,000 guys. And, <laughs> you know, I was young then, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it would be awesome to find, you know, a girl that loved photography. We could do this together. And, of course, nothing. <laughs> it's just a bunch of dudes, you know. And then, of course, today, what it, what's the totals? Like 20,000? What, who it, comes? Yeah, it goes between, you know, uh, 16, 17 to 20,000, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, all girls, more or less. No. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of girls, so a lot different than it was then. And, um, you know, of course, happily married. But um, if you're looking to find a wife that does what you do, <laughs> WPPI would be a good place for you to start. Excellent. Brian, how many, uh, how many times have you been to WPPI? I have been four times. Four times? I think I'm going on my fifth time coming up this February. Awesome. And you're speaking this year at WPPI, right? I am. Excellent. Are you? What? No, no, I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, actually, okay, so so I have a question for Jason, because I think that this is something, and it's actually really relevant because we're sitting here talking on a podcast online. There's a lot of online education um, that we can invest our time and money and energy and focus into. Yet still, year after year, 35 years, WPPI goes off with a huge success. I'm curious to to hear Jason's thoughts or input on um, what that looks like going forward, or, or I guess why would a photographer want to go to a physical conference, in person education, sort of what I call offline education, versus um, you know continuing to do the online stuff. I mean, we're doing a podcast right now. There's all kinds of online outlets, but why do you think it's important, Jason, for photographers to focus on offline education and actually going to an event like this? That is a great question. And I'll tell you, I'll, yeah, I have an answer for that. Um, <laughs> it, you're right. There's tons and tons of education that you can get online and, and great education. Um, you could learn so much. I mean, gosh, I, I think about this all the time about how much I could have learned online and how much I could have like, you know, how much faster I could have learned. And, uh, you know, it's you know I think as a new photographer too you need to balance what what you're going to spend money on you know and and it's it's a lot it's a lot to get away from your family it's a lot to make that commitment to, to travel to Vegas um, and so that's the challenge that I'm tasked with with every conference that I've created now in the last three years is I ask ourselves what is it that we're doing at this conference that we're not going to get from you know online someplace out there so there's a couple things that i built into it i'm not i'm just going to try and give a short answer here but it's it's about everything with wppi is about being there it's about the in-person experiences it's about networking it's 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 about the parties it's all of those things that you never ever can get and those are things that i'm really bringing into. i'll get into further detail um later on but um, I think about this every day, like, why do I need to be at the BPI as opposed to sitting here and looking at it on my computer? And uh, I work very, very hard to try and, you know, create these experiences that, that you know, it's only you're only going to get by being there. And real quickly, like, things that haven't changed over the years are print competition. 
if you've never been to our live judging, there's nothing like it in the world. No, there's nothing like it. The education that you get on just those two days of judging, listening to those 45 judges, you can't get anywhere else. And even if we filmed it, which I have a lot of pressure from people that want me to film it and put it out there, I, I don't see the reason for it. Because unless you're feeling that atmosphere, you can't get that anywhere. The energy in that room from those people and the people around it, when their prints are getting scored, like, it's like going to a rock concert. Like, Can you watch a rock concert online? Can you watch any concert online? And it's great to be able to sit in your pajamas and watch that. But there's nothing like being there. And Doug PPI is really like that as well. It's the best analogy I can make. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's the idea of immersion, right? Like it, immersing yourself in the experience of it is like no other. And, and I'd also like to maybe chime in and maybe, Jason, hear your thoughts on this. Um, with online education, one of the biggest complaints that I've seen or heard about online education is that well, A, first of all, there's a ton of it, right? So, I mean, having to sort of sort through everything is a task in and of itself. But number two, because it's kind of uh, self-motivated, like you can go on and watch a class or you can go on and read an article or decide to read a, an ebook, whatever it is, you, you don't really have any accountability with, with doing it, right? You kind of just do it whenever you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think almost just the sheer fact that you're going to go to WPPI, take a week out of your life, to and spend money and spend time there, be immersed, be inspired, and just live in that sort of zone. It almost in a way, I know for me anyways, the first year I went, it forces you to be accountable and actually implement some of the things that you've learned by going away because you're thinking, well, I've just spent all this time and money there. I mean, I, I damn well better get my money out of it. I better get a return on it. Otherwise, why did I go, right? So I think, do you, do you think that's a sort of an intrinsic benefit as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, co- you could say the same for college too. It's yeah. what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it, right? So if you're going to make that investment, uh, you're, you're forcing yourself to do that. And I think artists are, you know, natural procrastinators to begin with. So, um, by doing this, you know, you, you work hard to, to try and get something out of it. And you, you touched on something and you said it earlier, Jason. Um, that you've made some of your best friends in the entire world going to WPPI. And I really think like right there is like one of the key connections to going is like really like heart to heart, one on one, life to life communication, talking to people, meeting people, listening to a speaker, sitting in the room, feeling the emotion of the room. Um, you know, we obviously we know technology is amazing. I mean, we're four of us sitting here talking on a telephone, which, you know, when I was a kid, we just talked about that, you know, video phone. But I mean, texts and emails and all those things, you know, like the human being needs to connect one-on-one and WPPI is an amazing way to do that beyond even the other things. And you will, if you go, you will meet, you know, some of the, your best friends in the world. I look forward to going every year because I've been going so long. There's people that I only see one time a year to sit down and have a drink with them or a meal or a conversation or, you know, it's just, it fills you up. It really does. Yeah. I have, I haven't been, so this is going to be my first year going. Nice. (laughs) I've been to a lot of, I've been to a lot of workshops. I try to consume, you know, a few workshops or conferences each, you know, each year. That's actually how I first met Jason, uh, was when he came up to Edmonton for a workshop that the PPOC had, had put on. Um, so I, tr- I, you know, I've been trying to do that. I've been trying to go to WPPI for a few years and just one thing or another has popped up that has not allowed me to go, but this is going to be the year that I'm going to go. 
So for somebody who's who's maybe new who hasn't been to twenty five WPPIs like Robert, um, uh, what would you give us the the highlight reel of what's the show about and how's it structured and okay uh, should I talk about classes specifically or survival guide WPPI? Let's maybe let's, do you want me to start? let's start with the cal- let's actually <laughs> just start with the calendar like what's actually going okay. on so it's the dates are February the twenty sixth to March fifth. Correct. Okay. So what's going on during that time? Because that seems like that's it's a long time. <laughs> it is. It's a week-long conference. And, uh, you know, I, Doug PPI is owned by uh, uh, a company that does uh, 40 different trade shows as well. And, and Doug PPI is one of the longest out of the bunch of them. And it's the biggest conference out of our trade shows as well. Um, so starting on Thursday... And uh, starting on Thursday morning, we have what we call plus classes. And uh, the plus classes, I changed them up a little bit this year. Used to be two days, uh, a day in the classroom and a day out on location. But what I discovered was is that, you know, doing a day in the classroom was great, but there's lots of classroom atmospheres that they could get during the week. So what I did was I wanted to make it one day, and I really wanted to lower the price of the plus classes. So um, there are now one day programs that start, and there's one on, there's a there's ten on um, I'm sorry there's five on Thursday and there's five on Friday. They're one day programs for a hundred and ninety nine dollars for uh, uh, for members, and I'm just looking up the prices now because. The plus classes, I'm sorry, they're $149 for members and $199 for non-members. Um, and it's a full-day program, um, a few hours in the classroom, and then they're going to go out and shoot for the rest of the afternoon. So it's a little bit more of an intensive day uh, to a small classroom setting, only 25 people. That starts on Thursday and Friday. Who, who are some of the people that you've got teaching those classes? So we have Rocco and Ryan, uh, Rocco, uh, Rocco and Cora, Ryan Shembri. Uh, this is my Bible. Uh, we have Parker Fister, which I think is going to be amazing. Mm. Pete Wright, who's a lighting genius. Kelly Brown, uh, and Bambi Cantrell, who's the queen of WPPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Gionis, somebody's brother, mm. and Jerry's brother. Lindsay Adler, and then we have one more that we're going to do as well. Um, so they're going to be really great classes, and you can see them online. So that's Thursday and Friday. Okay. Um, starting on Saturday morning, the print competition judging starts, and that runs Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's two full days. We start at like 8.30 in the morning, and we run till 5 o'clock at night. And also on Saturday is what we're doing, what we call the university, which right now, which that code will probably be expired, so I'm not even going to say what it is. Okay. Anyway, you can get a free pass to the university. But um, the university is going to be a full-day program. In the last two years, we've done it as kind of this hands-on day, but we're changing it this year. We're making it all about business. So the whole day is going to be dedicated to setting up your business, marketing, um, how to do great album design, how to sell products. It's really about like the photographer who's been... Uh, doing it from zero to five years, who um, is, is seeing some success in their business but really wants to kind of take it to the next level either with marketing new products, 
making sure that business is set up properly, uh, you know, doing some great album design. And I know that one of the challenges for a new wedding photographer is, you know, how do I sell them on a bigger album or how do I do albums? There's so many photographers out now there, out there that are just shooting and delivering. And I think people are leaving a lot of, uh, a lot of money on the table. So this whole day is dedicated to kind of increasing the bottom line for the photographer. And we're calling it the Business Institute. I think it's going to be a really good day. We're doing Sarah Petty is going to be our host. She's a genius when it comes to marketing. And Rachel Branke is a, uh, is a, is a lawyer and will be touching on, and a photographer, uh, will be uh, talking about, you know, contracts and tax ID numbers and all that stuff that, uh, you know, is really important to us photographers. That's going to be a really neat day. So um, anyone zero to five years, I would highly recommend coming to the university this year. And that's going to be really great. Sunday, first day of what we call platform classes. So that's uh, uh, when you buy a full platform pass to WPPI, it's $99 for members, uh, $199 for non-members. Uh, you will have access to a hundred classes plus, and that's just on the platform classes. Um, that runs Sunday through Wednesday, uh, and runs, runs all day long. Uh, we also have what we call master classes. Master classes are small classes, 50 people max, and they're two hours long. Platform classes are one, uh, 90 minutes, uh, these are meant to be small group intensives where um, it's a two-hour program, lots of interaction between the teacher and the, uh, the attendees, uh, and where people can you know, really get into it. They also run on Sunday as well. Um, so sa- Sunday is master classes, platform classes. Finally, Monday morning, the trade show opens. Hmm. So, and, and I don't think people really understand this too, is uh, there's a platform and master classes that open uh, early in the morning on, on Monday morning, and then the trade show opens at 10 o'clock on Monday morning, runs all day, and then there's more platform classes after the trade show closes. So that's a full day in it, in, in it itself. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, platform classes, master classes. Wednesday night is our we, we is our award ceremony and then on thursday we're closing out this year with photo ignite and kevin kubota always does that every year and that's a really 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 fun program um and if you don't know anything about it i believe you can go to photoignite.com um i'll get you guys the the url on that but you can go see some of the old videos with myself included i think robert you did it as well one year photo ignite i haven't done ignite oh okay i think you should do it <laughs> so it's five. It's a five-minute program that you create, and you you send them twenty slides that change every twenty seconds. So for five minutes, the slides change, and you've got to do this program. This this it's it's a script that you do um, with education about photography, and they're really fun to watch because the photographer trips up, and you know you're kind of there like you know it's 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 intense, uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So we close out on Thursday with with that. Um, and then just real quick, uh, we have uh, parties almost every night. So Saturday night we're doing a, a party with Jerry, and it's going to be called Almost Famous, where you can submit an audition video if any of you guys play uh, instruments or what have you. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a battle of the bands type thing where Jerry's going to host and, and people are going to come in and, and play with their bands. And then... It's also an audition where we're going to play your, your photography in the background. So uh, bands, 
photography, fun dancing. It should be, it should be a fun night. Um, Sundays are Sunday nights are opening night party uh, at Hakkasan, which is the hottest nightclub in the world, according to them. Uh, it's in the MGM, and uh, it's a really really cool nightclub that only opened up two years ago. And uh, we did a, our first opening night party that, this year, uh, and uh, it's a really great party. Last year was just just this really great party. Um, so the only and so suggestion there got to get there early because when we hit our, our limit for people, that's it. Nobody else gets in. So you got to get there early and, and to make sure you get in. Monday night is our Monday night is our pool. No Monday night. Joe McNally is doing our keynote which should be amazing. Tuesday night's our pool party. Wednesday night's our award ceremony. There you have it. There's WPPI, seven days. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> and when do you factor in sleep? Is that, that, that sleep. Friday? You don't. There's no Friday. sleep. That's Friday. There's no sleep. <laughs> I had one year at WPPI. I slept 12 hours and four days. <laughs> Try doing it for, for 10 days. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Man, I just came back from five days in Vegas and I'm exhausted yeah. <laughs> and i have to get it uh, there should be like training you should have like boot camp where you have training before like the week beforehand you have like boot camp <laughs> get in shape maybe ppi tip that'll save you a ton of money when you first get there take a cab whatever if you're there run to the store get yourself a ton of water keep it in your room so you're not paying seven dollars for a bottle of water and drink lots of water yeah that and get yourself some snacks to eat during the week because you it's expensive to eat at the food court and you know get breakfast every morning and stuff like that. And and I also suggest do do a uh, do a web search for uh, WPPI survival guide and you'll come up with tons of people who have who have created their own blog posts. We'll do one again this year. I always do one. Um, and yeah, it's uh, prepare because it's a long week and you want to make sure that you get your education in as well. And it's, it can be really overwhelming um, the first year. Do you guys have an app yet for it? Did you we will that? have an app. We're working Good. on it now, yeah. The app is great. Yeah. Super I've, helpful. I've seen those at other trade shows, and it's very helpful to keep track of. Yeah. Good. So you don't have to be a member of WPPI to attend. This is open to, to anybody, member or non-member. But if you are a member, you, you obviously there's some savings there, right? Yes. Uh, uh, one of the things, one of the big changes we did do this year is we have had, uh, when you signed up for WPPI, you get automatically get a free guest pass. And with our registration process, we found that it was just really confusing for everybody. So what we decided to do was to lower the price down. Last year was $199, so we brought it down to $99 and, uh, and, and discontinued the free guest pass. So as a member... Um, I'm getting called into a meeting over here. They're like standing at my, <laughs> my window over here. Um, as so getting rid of the free guest pass and lowering the price down, we decided it would be a much easier way for registration. Uh, and, and there's lots of benefits that come to being a Doug PPI member. One is you get discounts to all of our contests and competitions. So if you belong to, if you enter a print competition or first and second half competitions, um, uh, you get Range Finder and Photo District News, which is part of our group. Um, you get discounts to our conferences uh, across the board with the WPPI conference. There's discounts on all the master classes, the plus classes, everything, as well as Photo Plus in New York City if you want to come to that. Um, and then we have some other contests as well. 
um, that you get discounts for. And I, I've done some, you know, kind of research on this. If you enter a couple of prints into our print competition or enter our top knots with rangefinder or uh, the, the, the PDN uh, wedding contest, uh, a couple of those come to WPPI, the membership for $125 will pay for itself. And we're, I'm also working on some other benefits to WPPI Life. Rangefinder is an amazing magazine. I love I get so excited, wait for it to hit my mailbox. I, and I know it's online now as well, but love Rangefinder. It just each, each month there's different topics. They feature different genres of photography right around WPPI. Of course, there'll be a wedding issue that comes out. Uh, but it's such a great magazine. I mean, I know that would be a lot for a magazine subscription, but worth the $125 just for the magazine. Awesome. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, the expo was another big, yes. big part, yes. of, big part of it. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the expo because I think that's where you can go and, you know, press the flesh and meet your vendors, meet your partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the expo and what. Uh, so, again, also an overwhelming amount of stuff goes on during the expo. <laughs> so you have all the, all the conference education and then there's the expo as well. Uh it's a huge trade show, and it's, it's split into two rooms. Some people have said to me, like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize there was a whole other room to go into. <laughs> um, so you need a plan for that as well. And, and uh, you know, I think people don't realize that the exhibitors also are getting a lot out of the feedback they get from you. So I know the album companies and the labs and the new companies that have different things, the editing software companies and the editing companies, all of these places depend on the feedback they're getting from you during the year so you're an integral part of this i'm using the word tessellation that goes on during the ppi where all these people are coming together and in the trade show and in the conference everybody's you know creating this mosaic of things that are going on so there you're going there to find new products and stuff that you're going to be inspired by say oh my god look at these metal these things look at this new album look at this new app that i can use but as a seasoned veteran, you can also come and say, hey, you know what? I'm not really thrilled about this, or I really love this. I need you to make more of these. Um, and a lot of people will leave WPPI and base their entire year off of what they've learned from that year. They come back and they do these meetings, and they, you know, so, you, and it's all based around WPPI. So you need a plan going into it. You get the show guide, you get the app, look at the companies and say, I want to see this, 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 and this company. And there's usually a lot of giveaways, too. So you can come up with a lot of swag, too, if you're smart. Yeah. yeah. So bring an extra suitcase then. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> a swag case. I mean, again, the important part about that, like we've already sort of touched about, but is, again, being there in person, you can touch it, you can touch that album, yeah. you can feel that album. Jason said you can talk to that album rep, you know, you talk to the salespeople you deal with, uh, you can meet the presidents and owners of a lot of the companies, and you cannot do that online. You have to put yourself on an airplane or in a car and get yourself there. Yeah, I, I remember my first year at WPPI, I, I was going into it, it was I was fresh in the wedding photography industry and, and I was like I was a little overwhelmed with like the options that I had available to me as a photographer. I mean, this is even going back I think nine or ten years ago now, and there's a lot more options now in terms of products that I can offer my clients or different album manufacturers, all these things. And I remember trying to figure out who I wanted to use for my album supplier before, you know, going to WPPI and doing it online and I was like 
I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I don't even know where to start. I don't like what's a flush mount. What is a this mount? What is a, a this cut? And I, it was so overwhelming for me to try and figure it out online. I can only imagine how much more overwhelming it is for photographers to do it in today's industry. And so for me, even that first year, like my only goal in that first year was to walk the trade show floor, touch and feel every single album that was available and make the decision of which album manufacturer I wanted to go with. And I've stuck with that album company for the last 10 years because of that. And I think the importance of actually being there, you know, Jason, like you're saying, Robert, like you're saying, is just talking with the people, um, but also then just like actually seeing like what the options are. Like when you look at a website or a product page on a supplier's, uh, uh, you know, uh, price list, it's hard to be like, well, what what is like a flush mount from a float mount from a standout mount? Like, what does that mean? But we, you can actually go to these trade shows and actually see and touch and hold and ask questions and you know, gain clarity for yourself. That that's almost for me worth it in and of itself. And then we're layering a thousand other things on top of it. Yeah. And so you know, all all of those things combined uh, really makes for and, and the energy and again the relationships, the relationships that you'll you know having that face, mm-hmm. that person that you contacted, the people that are at the trade show, the people you're going to talk to on the phone. Every, all of these are small businesses, uh, and you're, you'll develop those relationships with them. It's great. Yeah, I'm excited to go. And even just, you know, the more educated we can become in our own products, you know, we can bring that to our clients because, you know, we'll have clients coming in and it can be overwhelming for for them when they're given some of these options. So the better we're able to explain, you know, the difference between some of these things to them. And I, I think it's like like Brian was saying, it's really tough to get that from just a website or from a price list, right? You, you really have to be there, see it, touch it, feel it. Because, you know, with, I know with my album company, they have like a gazillion options, and, you know, I don't have an unlimited budget to order in a gazillion samples of all the different, you know, permutations and combinations. So I'm excited to go there and, and get my hands on some of the different ones as well that I haven't seen yet. You know, and they're always introducing new products and, and these, you know, new things into their lineup. So it's, for me, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those things, getting my hands on them, you know, and talking to the reps and actually, you know, that face-to-face time with them for sure. Yeah, and I would say almost every single vendor, and let's just talk albums since you're talking about that, does a discount. Like you want a sample album, you want to try that new company, they're going to give you a free book maybe or 50% off or you know just for becoming a new customer and trying out the album. And, and again, if you think about sales, you know you can't sell a client a book if they can't touch it and you can't put it in their hands. And so you're now putting yourself in their position by going to the show and touching that book and feeling it. And now you're excited about it. You get yourself a sample, you take it back to your studio, your place of business, and you're showing it to your clients that you're going to sell product. It's just, it's 50% of the battle. You have to have it. You can't mm-hmm. just describe yeah. this amazing book that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be like trying to sell a car and just off of a picture, <laughs> you know, say, you know, not being able to test drive it or <laughs> get right. behind the wheel. Hey, so when we first started talking, Jason, and you started talking about the actual, you know, things that are happening in that that seven day period, uh, you sort of hinted at the fact that there's potentially like a survival guide that you could go into. Is is there is there like a Coles Notes version of that that you can give us, like you know, getting the most out of your experience there? What are some things that photographers can do to prep for WPPI or for any conference for that matter? What, what are some things that will allow attendees to to really benefit the most from a conference like this? I mean, I think with any conference, uh, do your homework. So, you know, sit down with the website and, you know, pour through all the classes, decide what you want to take. Um, it takes a little while to get through our registration process. So it's not something that's going to take you three minutes to do. You need a good 10 minutes to get through the entire registration process. But before you go into doing that, 
look at our look at our class schedule and you know jot down some notes understand what the different classes are mm-hmm. plus classes master classes the university uh, the university and plus class or master class and platform classes platforms are our biggest program and comes with uh, you know your full platform pass and that's kind of where you're starting from so you want to buy a full platform pass you get those classes and one quick note is, is that you can what we do call pre-board for five of those classes uh, during the full platform during those platform classes and what that does is it gives you when when we print out your registration ticket um, you'll get tickets to to get into that class and there's a separate line for that so you're almost guaranteed to get into that program because some of them do fill up but generally you can get into any of the platform classes um, and then decide if you want to add on a master class or a plus class or the university. So you need a, you need a plan with that. That, that's the first thing. So you just, it's a lot. There's, there's 200 classes. There's 250 speakers. And you know what? I'm completely forgetting that we added photo walks this year. So on top of everything else, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So the, the biggest thing that we're doing this year is our photo walks. We're doing 50 photo walks or what we're calling photo walks, shootouts, whatever you want to call them. And there's 50 of these classes going on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this year where we're going to meet in this big room and each time slot will have 10 uh, leaders, we're calling them, and they're going to go out and lead these shoots, whether it's going to be out on the strip doing off-camera lighting, whether it's going to be Roberto doing something probably on posing, um, uh, is it going to be uh, just shooting an available light outside? Maybe it's boudoir. It's whatever. And we've created a, a Facebook group that you can go on and ask questions. And there's so much um, that's going to happen with that. And I'm really, really stoked for this this year because you're really going to be able to go take a class. And it's limited to 25 people. So it's you and the leader, 25 people. Some of our gear manufacturers are going to get involved with it this year and maybe give you some equipment that you can use when you, when you shoot it, when you go out and shoot. It's really going to be a lot of fun. And I think everyone's going to get into a little bit of trouble and it should be, should be awesome in that sense. So you got to do your homework and that's the best thing that I could do. Robert's advice of, of getting some snacks, dump your bags, <laughs> go out and get some snacks, buy some water, do that. Uh, and, and one little tip that I think I can give is, uh, check out the restaurants in the MGM, the evenings sell out like for reservation wise. Mm -hmm. So go on, what is that, uh, that restaurant website? Thank you. Open table. table, Go on open table, find, well, go to MGM, find the restaurants. You can either call the restaurants directly, or I always make a couple of reservations for, well, some of the restaurants for four or five people because they sell out and then you can't and you're, you know, you're looking for a place to eat. Splurge on, splurge on Shibuya or, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, and my passion, dessert passion, I'm not a big dessert person, is banana cream pie. The best <laughs> banana cream pie I've ever had in the entire world is at Emeralds. If you're a banana oh, nice. pie, cream pie lover, you go get that banana cream pie at Emeralds and you will <laughs> go, wow. That's all I'm saying. Nice. So, I mean, th- th- I mean, that's a couple of things. And again, uh, on our blog, if you go back, you'll definitely find a full survival guide from me last year 
I think another one we kind of alluded to it, but quickly, like again, it's planning. You mentioned it, Jason. But trade show again, that trade show is overwhelming. He mentioned it's two ginormous rooms, like the size of football fields, full of vendors. Do your homework ahead of time. Decide who you really want to see and map that out because the trade show can be very overwhelming. And then, especially if you go and you're running into people and trying to talk, but you have an agenda and and you know, so map that out. Decide who you want to go see. Uh, you know, make a plan. Even like you know, all right, we're going to go see all these people in this building today, and so you're not bouncing back and forth and. It's really helpful, if, especially if there's a lot that you want to see within the trade show. And there's and there's classes that go on there as well, too, right? Within even within the expo show floor, right? Correct, correct. Like I shoot for Sony, I shoot Sony cameras, so I'll be speaking in the booth during the trade show. You know, we speak anywhere from two to three times a day. Um, all the artisans talk, so there's talks all day long, every thirty minutes, and you'll see a ton of booths. You know, of course, the other camera manufacturers, Nikon, Canon, uh, ton of the other vendors that have product you know there's always someone talking in the booth so chances are your favorite photographer might be speaking in a booth if you can't get to the platform so you can search that out as well awesome yeah so, good advice yeah so lots of information so uh we'll do uh, want to be respectful of everybody's time i know everybody we could probably talk for hours and get into you know some of the some of the different things but it sounds pretty exciting so um but uh maybe just a quick you know a couple of tips Go around. I know Jason gave us a couple of tips already. Maybe Brian, what are what are a couple of tips you'd give people when just attending mm. a conference in general? Okay, so I'm um, I'm really passionate about this idea. We've talked about the idea of planning, and I think that we can even transpose that a little bit further in the idea of uh, go to these conferences and these events with intent. So, like, go there. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's totally great to be there in the social setting and to let sort of that take its own life. That's, that's a natural part of it. But I think that going there with a very specific purpose or very, uh, specific plans, um, I think that that's how you can get the most out of it. You know, like when you're there at an event like WPPI and you're surrounded by like 20,000 photographers, it is easy to get overwhelmed and sure like you you may you know pull out your phone and try and you know facebook message or put out a blanket tweet saying who's here let's get together for coffee blah 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 but if you can make those kinds of plans or know who's going or reach out to some people ahead of time and then go there to the event with that intent and kind of like with a bit of a schedule um i know for me that's been really really successful when i was at photo plus expo in new york there just you know not too long ago that's exactly what i did and i had like meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting and everyone's got to eat right and so use those opportunities to eat to to network or to meet people or like reach out to your album manufacturer and say hey let's do lunch on thursday afternoon when do you guys have a break and like get together and have lunch with them i think that when you can have that those more intimate one-on-one kind of conversations you, you can sort of discover so much more and so i love the idea of of really networking and treating an event like this with intent and that would be my suggestion. Thanks. Excellent. Robert, how about you? What's your advice? Well, so since Brian picked a word, I'm going to pick a word, and I'm going to pick attitude. Mm. Your attitude towards the show, and I'm going to relate my own experience. I mentioned before that I've been going for roughly 20-something years. And uh, I remember being a young, arrogant photographer, and it's really not <laughs> my personality. But I, I will not even say I was arrogant, but I do remember sitting in the back of a room listening to a speaker and judging their work mm. or their images and um, really not gaining anything from it and um, really realize like, wow, 
you need to change your attitude. And even if I didn't necessarily agree or like the work or it was different, there was always, always, always one thing I could glean from that person that I could walk away with. So even if it's that, of course, you have the option. If you're not satisfied with the class, you're more than welcome to get up and leave. But, um, you know, you don't have to badmouth that person, especially via Twitter or any of those things now that we can do. You know, just go find a different class or challenge yourself and sit there and find the diamond in the rough and find that one piece of advice that you could come back and add to your repertoire or what you do in your studio. And uh, when I changed my attitude, I really found I got a lot more out of a conference and speakers and things like that. So that's my is attitude. Good advice. It's a great suggestion. Excellent. Really good. Yeah, I like that. I really like Bruce, that. how about you? Boy, well, I haven't been to WPPI before, but I've been to other conferences. And I've, I've talked to other people who've been to WPPI, and sometimes um, they've gone, and maybe they don't know anybody. Maybe it's their first time going, uh, and, and they like you say, they can feel a little bit overwhelmed. So I think um, you know, going there and just making those friendships and looking for, you know, looking for people to meet up with and just find, you know, find a friend trying to find somebody in your area, um, you know, a way to network with people. I don't know, Jason, is there any, I've been to conferences, um, not, not WPPI, but other conferences where it's, they have like a thing for newcomers so they can partner up or like a buddy system where they can, you know, so if they don't know anybody and they're not feeling that comfortable, um, is there a way or a, a good, what would you suggest to them in terms of a networking opportunity to get to know people? So they're not feeling so I, I kind of overwhelmed. I've been trying to to, to, to to work on like a new member meetup and I'm still working on that. Uh, you know, um, generally... What if you just did a Facebook group like you mentioned? Like, stuff yeah. That way, like WPPI first timers. Because that's a great... I mean, Bruce, that's awesome because, you know, people get intimidated and they're scared and they don't want to ask questions. Nobody wants to be first, but if you're with a bunch of people that are... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to start the WPPI New Timers <laughs> Facebook group. First timers. Come on and ask questions. But and Bruce is going to be the first one to join. Okay, <laughs> <Sorry. about> that. <laughs> uh, uh, and I think you will find that the WPPI family loves to help each other. Everybody yeah. wants. Everybody's, you know, we're so excited for you to come for your first WPPI. Like, we're, we're genuinely excited for you to be there. So, uh, you know, put yourself out there if you're a newcomer and you will make friends because, uh, I mean, I guarantee it. Um, and, and if you, I can tell you what, if you're really worried about making a new friend, uh, you can, you can email me jason.group at emeraldexpo.com and I'll put you in touch with somebody who will definitely be happy to be, uh, be, uh, one of the things that I like to do is get some people who help people this year. Yeah. And hey, you start uh, that group, I'll send me an invitation. I'll go on there and like, you know, sponsor somebody like, hey, I'll meet with you. Let's great. Let me let me show you around. Like, let's do so, you know, and I think that'll be developed, you know, start developing that, you know. Yeah, cool. Cool. Excellent. I awesome. like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's really good. So before we kind of wrap it up, what's kind of just the quick dirty details, registration, where do they go? What's the deadlines? What are they looking at? Uh, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole page you can find of all the deadlines and all the information. It's, okay. it's a lot. So, <laughs> okay. um, there the December 14th is is our first early bird deadline. So I don't know if this will be out by then. Uh, and I know uh, there's. I mean, the, the best thing is to, is to look at this, but you know, December 14th is our early early deadline. We'll probably extend it another week. Uh, <laughs> we always do. And, uh, you know, I think you'll find when you do your homework on, 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 on membership, becoming a member, getting a full platform pass, 
joining our print competition and getting Rangefinder, getting uh, Photojournalistic News, um, you'll find that, that it's worth the money. I think you'll also find for the amount of education that you're going to get, there's no place else that you can get this much education. And every speaker um, that you'll find that's, that's, that's out there, um, you're going to find is going to be at WPPI. So um, you can w, WPPIonline.com. On the right side, you'll see you know, the, all, the, all that information. Excellent. Excellent. We'll put, uh, again, we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes for this episode, and people can go check that out. So I guess that brings us to the end. Again, we probably could have go on and on and for hours. It's, uh, you know, so much we could talk about, you know, around this topic, but, uh, we really appreciate, you know, Jason coming on the show this week. And, uh, uh, so to wrap up, where can, where can everybody find you? If they want to find you online, social media, those kind of places, where's the best sure. places to find you? WPPIonline.com. That's our website. You can get everything there. Uh, I did mention our print competition website is WPPIAwards.com. Uh, our Twitter is at RFWPPI. So Rangefinder and, and WPPI share that together. Uh, our Facebook page is WPPI something Online. or other. Online. Yeah, it's WPPI Online. So uh, Facebook.com slash WPPI Online. Um, what else? I think that's it. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Excellent. Again, we'll put all those links in the show notes so people can Thank check you. it out. Perfect. All right. Uh, Brian, where can people find you guys? Uh, in Florida. In Florida? Uh, this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you can find us on, on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at BCAP Photo Instagram as well. If you want to find us, uh, spreadingphotographer.com is where I write educational articles for photographers about the business of being creative. Sproutingphotographer.com. Awesome. And Mr. Robert Evans. You can find my website at robertevans.com. Twitter is at robertevans.com. Instagram is at robertevans. Uh, I should say Twitter is just at robertevans. And then Google Plus <laughs> is plus robertevans101 since somebody unfortunately took the. <clears throat> but, uh, and I will be at WPPI in the Sony booth. So I'm going to come visit me, say hi, say I heard you on Twip. I'll give you a high five and uh, excited. Same so for me. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, meeting the listeners and then uh, when we get there. And, and uh, actually, WBBI will be the first time that Brian and Bruce and I will all be in one place. Yes. Nice. So that'll be exciting as well. Looking forward to that. And if you're looking for me, you can find uh, me. My website is momentsindigital.com. Or if you're looking on the Twitters and the Instagrams, it's at Bruce Clark. Clark with an E. Well, that brings us to another fantastic episode of Twip Pro Weddings. Uh, be sure to head on over to the website at thisweekinphoto.com. That's where you're going to find a link to everything we talked about you know, in, on the show here today and uh, all the links and all that good stuff you'll find it on there so thanks again for listening to Twip Pro Weddings raising the bar one wedding at a time